0: Georgia has a new quarterback. Should preseason football have less games? Where do our Southern divisions rank individually and as divisions? With the emergence of the Braves and Nationals this season, we revisit baseball in the South. And how will Michigan do with Jim Harbaugh suspended? All this and more on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on? One thing so much for tuning in to Jake's Take is always... I am your host, Jacob Sermon at, at Jig Podcast at, at J14. Joining me as as always on this wonderful evening is my co host, Christy. Hi. And you can, can find her on Instagram, TikTok, thre- Threads at Double Zero. Also, be sure to check out Fantasy League. We'll, we'll cover more towards, towards the end. And then, as always, sponsored by Variety Sports Network at VarietySport. You're home for all sports and different forms of varieties. Well, before we start start anything with the show, go you know, you know just broke Jonathan Taylor is now a fear requesting a trade. Well, obviously, back to it, you know, Jonathan Taylor requesting a trade from the Colts and the Colts wanting a first round pick. And we've talked a lot about this, but what are your thoughts in regards to this?
1: My first thought was that it's kind of super late in the game to be doing this. I don't know that I can ever, you might be able to recall one, but I can't recall something like this happening. I mean, we have preseason games going on, like it's almost showtime.
0: Oh, no, I agree. It was very, I don't want to say sudden, but just very late, very, you know, interesting timing for sure. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, I don't know if the Colts really have another running back. And this is also just crazy to me. Because he's such an integral part of the offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, you do still have a few free agents. There's not a ton left. But There's definitely still some options. It's just, like we said, they're running out of time.
0: No, I agree. So we'll just have to be on the lookout for what the Colts do in the future. But that that was some breaking news that we just received. So we are going to have to stay monitored on that. But moving on to our first real point, which is in regards to Georgia officially having a new quarterback in Carson Beck. So what are our thoughts on this?
1: Um, my thoughts are it's not a surprise. I mean, he was Stetson's backup overall. He had the top depth chart in the spring game. So I think it it was coming.
0: No, I agree. Now he is a junior, he's been playing in the program for a long time. You know, he has some great receivers coming in with lad brock bowers mm-hmm. i mean brock is a terrific tight end he should probably win the john Mackey unless literally anyone else steps up and surprises us yeah. all
1: yeah he has the playmate he definitely does i mean i think george's offense is gonna be the offense to beat then you're obviously only gonna be able to keep up with them if your offense is even you know any kind of close. But I mean, he like you said, he's a junior. This is not new to him. He gets better every season. Last year, he had 310 yards. I mean, four touchdowns. That's kind of unheard of as a backup.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. He tossed, like you said, a couple touchdowns last yeah. year. I mean, he got extensive playing time, especially in the championship game. Now, <laughs> part of that was just Kirby Wanting to give all of his backups some time. And he used his timeouts to bring everyone in and out, which was very interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, he played in seven games last season.
0: So he's definitely been around for some time. And also with this, it brings up my next question. Why isn't there more pressure on him? You know, they (laughs) announced it and no one has really said anything about Carson Beck having to live up to the hype
1: yeah I mean I think we're kind of in an odd situation with Georgia like I think everybody expects them to win so I'm not sure that they think the pressure is needed but on the other hand like this is the time where you do need the pressure because it's make or break this year for them
0: no absolutely and then it kind of leads into my next question of can Carson Beck be like Aaron Murray or Matthew Stafford. I didn't put Stetson Bennett on there because no (laughs) offense, but Aaron Murray and Matthew Stafford are more complete quarterbacks, in my opinion.
1: They are, but you do have to give Stetson some credit. He had the offensive MVP for both Nattys, Heisman finalists. So, I mean, there is a lot to live up to even with him.
0: No, I do agree. So, I mean, I think with this, you know, can he be like, Aaron Murray, Matthew Stafford, and Stetson Bennett. I mean, maybe, you know, but this is also they're breaking in Mike Bobo again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's only too early to compare him to any of those players. I mean, we just have to see what he does this season and how far he can take Georgia. No, absolutely. But
0: right now it is looking like, you know, in the East, they are the team to beat. Sorry, Tennessee fans. I am, know that Joe Milton can throw the ball very far, but so did Jamarcus Russell and we all saw how that ended right moving on to our next point which is in regards to our good old friend Jim Harbaugh y'all thought we were going to say Jimbo Fisher and that was <laughs> so Jim Harbaugh while he was not suspended by the NCAA he was suspended by the University of Michigan he's not going to be coaching the first three games what are our thoughts here do we think this is the right move
1: I think it's the right move if you look at it from the stance of like setting a no-tolerance policy and just that expectation that it doesn't matter who you are or who's going to follow Jim Harbaugh one day at Michigan, they're not going to stand for it, and they're not going to put up with it.
0: Oh, no, I agree. I mean, I like the move by the University of Michigan because this is a team, a college that's known for its rich history, and they are going to you know, do great things. But in my opinion, how I look at it is that with this team, they need to show that, hey, we messed up. Mm-hmm. And even though it was a dead period, what we did was wrong in a sense.
1: Right. Just setting that precedent for all other schools. And I mean, Jim Harbaugh is a huge name. Like, So if he can get in trouble, anybody can.
0: No, I definitely have to agree there. So I think with this, you know, he's missing out against UNLV, East Carolina, Bowling Green. Look, I'm not saying that one of these teams is going to (laughs) upset Michigan, but still, you know, they're setting an example, but they're also waiting if there's any punishment that could happen in 2024 from the NCAA.
1: Yeah, he could still get suspended on top of these suspensions, which I think is interesting. Um, I also think it's interesting that they only – Did the first three games and they're allowing him to come back for Rutgers because that could be a game that's questionable
0: no absolutely I mean I feel like with Rutgers you know they're one of those scrappy teams as well and I mean he's still going to be able to coach during the week but not on Saturday and I mean he's also expected it could be you know between three and six games in 2024
1: yeah which could be kind of sad for them I mean they're back-to-back Big Ten champs, they're definitely going for the Natty. So that would definitely put a wrench in their system.
0: And obviously, you know, with them, they finally have beaten Ohio State. And Mm -hmm. I know that Ohio State wants revenge.
1: Yeah.
0: And I feel like any time you see your rival struggle, you have a sense of accomplishment, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan State seeing this from Michigan.
1: Yeah, I mean, this just gives the players the chance to either, you know, sit back and harp on this or prove everybody wrong. I mean, I know it's a different situation, but if you think about Alabama baseball when their coach got in trouble and then they did amazing afterwards, like could be the same situation.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. It could be something very similar. It could be something, you know, that happens where they all... Bond around that coach. I mean, this happened with mm-hmm. USC in 2013 when Lane was fired and they brought in Ed Ogeron, which is still yeah. amazing to me. So <laughs> I think it really could be something like that. So we'll just kind of have to see. But, you know, I think Michigan set the right example, especially mm-hmm. as they continue to grow into the Big 18. <laughs> and I think with this, you know, who knows, maybe other coaches will take notice because this is also happening. In a similar time where things happen with Jeremy Pruitt.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: But moving on to our next point, which is in regards to preseason football. I don't know if it's just me, but I think we need to revisit the topic of preseason football. Because, oh my gosh, there are so many injuries recently.
1: Right. And we're not talking like minor injuries. We've had two people leave on stretchers. I mean, just in week two, there were, I think, four injuries.
0: You had two players from, I believe, the Eagles with neck injuries. Mm -hmm. One of them being Tyree Cleveland, who played at Florida. You had one of the quarterbacks, John Wofford, who was taken off in a stretcher. Isaiah Bolden, a rookie for the Patriots, had to go to the hospital. And then in week one, we had something happen with the Seattle Seahawks. But don't worry, because Roger Goodell is more focused on Quan (laughs) Alexander. hitting someone than doing anything else
1: uh that and tweeting with snoop dogg and will ferrell (laughs) so i think with
0: this you know it brings up the concern should the preseason be shorter should there be less games Uh,
1: there uh, there's a lot to this i did a lot of research on this so they already have, you know, the joint practices that lead up to these games, but maybe we just need more joint practices where you're not being as physical, or maybe you need more joint practices where the players have, I don't know, experience and their body is being conditioned for a longer period.
0: Well, the reason I ask, and you bring up a good point here, is because I think of years where there was a year Jordy nelson tore his acl in a meaningless preseason game Mm -hmm. there was a year where julian edelman tore his acl in a meaningless preseason game and they came back the next year and they were great but that's a full year that they're missing out in nfl whether it's in the postseason or whether it's in the regular season you're having three or four different players who had to go to the hospital yeah in the span of two weeks mm-hmm. and, but, but don't worry because the commissioner is mad about a really good hit aside then these you know three or four players that have been spend the hustle. now i'm very proud that the packers and the patriots came together mm-hmm. and know we're gonna suspend the game that was very great and you know Matthew Slater, Mac Jones, I believe Robert Kraft all came together and said, "Look, we're going to offer our support and our prayers." Mm-hmm. They did the right thing because we've seen what happened with the Demar Hamlin situation,
1: right? And I think that's where that conversation and that agreement came from to cancel those games.
0: But then it leads into another question of what are we doing about safety? I know that CTE is a big discussion mm-hmm. in the NFL. But now I feel like we have to find a way, not necessarily to make it safer, but to think more about the, okay, we have three neck injuries. Mm -hmm. What's going on there? Is it something with the pads?
1: Yeah. And from what I've read, they're not looking into anything like that. They're just looking into... What can they change? So I've seen anything from year-round conditioning programs or, like we said, more joint practices.
0: I would be okay with them doing a year-round conditioning program. You know, in the off season, this happens in the NBA too, uh-huh. you have a lot of players who like to have fun, who like to go yeah. to Cancun and get out of shape. And then you have the other players who love to just, you know, maintain their routine. I'm all for year-round conditioning to make sure that everyone is feeling supported Mm -hmm. and safe, but maybe that's something the NFL needs to look into.
1: Well, and I also think, especially I feel like this past offseason, we've seen a lot of players getting in trouble, and I think this would help with that. It's going to keep them busy and out of trouble.
0: Well, I also think now, too, is that it used to be – that players who were very mature would go to the NFL and mm-hmm. then they would grow now you have so many players who are going to the NFL who are 19 20 years old right. maybe even younger and they're getting all of these you know reports or i guess stories about wow they don't have it figured out mm-hmm. i remember you know you only have to be 3 years removed from high school to go to the NFL
1: Yeah, that blows my mind. And like you said, these kids are also already coming with a bunch of money due to the NIL stuff. So, I mean, and I don't know that the NFL provides any, like, classes for, like, financial advice. I doubt they do, but maybe that's something they need.
0: That's something, too. And I know that a lot of players, you know, Jonathan Allen, for example, from your hometown, (laughs) Manders, he made sure to stay – four years at Alabama and take a lot of financial planning, a lot of finance classes to make sure he he was prepared for how to handle all that money. And he's done a great job. You know, how many times do you see Jonathan Allen's name for anything negative? Right. So I think that's, you know, a terrific idea because you know, we see how Nick Saban will bring in different people to speak. You know, he brought in, Pete Rose to speak to the team, and that's great, and it sends a message. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to think about how a rookie in the NFL can be 20 years older, right? And then you have someone who, you know, before Tom Brady retired, who was in his 40s, 20 years older than them, and he's seen everything. And then they're mm-hmm. over here saying, Oh, well, I don't know what to do when I have a parking ticket.
1: Yeah. Well, so that gave me another idea. Maybe they come up with some sort of, and I know we're getting off of injuries, but some sort of like mentor buddy program where these rookies do pair up with a veteran and they, you know, just kind of shadow them for their first few years.
0: No, oh, I do love that. I think that's a great idea and I'm all for that. I think, you know, having someone who kind of looks out for them is mm-hmm. be great because these players just keep getting younger and younger. Yeah. And they haven't figured it out yet and very much need to figure it out very soon. But moving on to our next point, the FPI Football Pro Focus Index, I believe I butcher that, but I'm sorry if I did. <laughs> at least where they think the top teams are in the NFL. And no surprise to everyone, <laughs> our Southern teams are at the bottom.
1: Um, yeah, and I think they can climb back up, though.
0: I think so, too. But, and here it comes if the Carolina Panthers want to climb back up, <laughs> they need to block for Bryce <laughs> Christopher Young. Yes. So right now, you know, our teams are kind of near the middle or the bottom. You've got the Saints at 19, which sounds about right. Mm -hmm. And then every other team is kind of in the 20s or low to high 20s. You know, the Saints are ranked at the best. Apparently, according to Dan Orlovsky, the Saints are a sleeper team for the Super Bowl, which I'm all for.
1: See, I thought that was your own personal point that you put in there.
0: That was 100 not. I saw that yesterday, <laughs> and I'm quoting Generalowski. So if anyone's <laughs> mad about that, they can tweet Generalowski.
1: Okay, we'll let it slide.
0: But right now, there's you know the teams are doing good in the preseason. You know, mm-hmm. I for close to 300 yards in a preseason game. You've got the Falcons who are. You know, doing pretty well with Desmond Ritter. I know it's really weird to say the Saints are now 2-0 in the preseason. And then you've got the Panthers where everyone is criticizing Bryce because his O-line cannot protect him. And I don't want another incident of what they did to Andrew Luck or what they did to David Carr.
1: And I don't think that's what's going to happen. I mean, look at the Eagles. They've lost a the preseason game, and they were in the Super Bowl last year. So I wouldn't count on preseason for giving you a great picture of what these teams can do too much.
0: No, I agree. I'm not going to count on that. And I mean, it's definitely important to see. But with these players right now, We've got to see some importance from Mm -hmm. the offensive line for the Panthers.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think back to our preseason, you know, talk, this is why these games are important. So teams can see what they still need to work on.
0: I agree. So I think with this, you know, we'll just kind of have to see what's going on there with our teams. But right now, you know, I think these teams can rise. You know, I think they can do a lot better. You know, it's still very early on. So, we will just have to see. But I think, you know, who knows? We could see a few surprise teams. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins, the Mm -hmm. Tennessee Titans get it figured out. I wouldn't be surprised, who knows, if the Panthers end up winning more games than expected. But obviously, right now, ESPN is considering the NFC South to be the worst division (laughs) in NFL. And I take very much offense to that because they're. Forgetting about oh I don't know the NFC North, they're pretty bad too. Aaron Rodgers is gone, right?
1: Yeah, it's I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see if it compares at all to last season, where you're it was really hard to pick winners from games.
0: Oh no, I agree. I mean, as we've said it many times, you kind of just throw down a bunch of rocks with <laughs> a logo from the NFC South on it, and whoever reaches. Down their first wins
1: yes i hope
0: it's not like this this year
1: yeah i hope we can get some of these teams at least two of them a higher ranking
0: i'm sure we can but moving on to our final point which is a point that christy and i are revisiting from earlier in the summer with the emergence of the washington nationals and the dominance <laughs> of the atlanta braves when it comes to baseball it brings back the question do we deserve another baseball team in the South?
1: And I think the answer is yes. And I actually found a statistic from Stanford University, and it said one out of every three people in the U.S. that watch baseball live in the South. So if that doesn't give you your answer, I don't know what does.
0: I honestly love that one because Stanford is very well known, and they are an accredited mm-hmm. university. They Correct. also gave us McCaffrey. Yes. <laughs> And the reason I like this, too, is because I look at a map of all the teams. California has a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Even Illinois has two teams. And then we have really one team to represent the Southeast, not including Florida because they do their own thing. <laughs> and I know you've talked about how mm-hmm. we should get Nashville or we should get a team in Charlotte. We have a lot of minor league teams. They have a pretty good turnout as well.
1: Right. And I mean, I know, I feel like when you think of baseball in the South, you think of the Braves. So it would be hard to change that mindset, but I think it can be done.
0: I definitely agree. And I mean, you know, you've got fans of the Braves in Alabama, fans of the mm-hmm. Braves in Mississippi, because their minor league team is there. But there are also cities such as South in. South Carolina, just Charleston, mm-hmm. who might deserve a team, or Charlotte deserving a team, or even a city in, I guess, West Virginia. I know that in Virginia they have the Nationals and then mm-hmm. Maryland has the Orioles. But I think with this, I think it's very important that we look into getting another baseball team in the South. I mean, we've seen the Braves be so dominant, and then the Nationals. Be amazing since the trade deadline. I mean, they've won more games than expected, and they're on pace to win 72 or 74 games, which is great considering they're picked to be dead last in the MLB. So I think with this, give us another baseball team. And I mean, while you're at it, give us another football team too, (laughs) or continue to expand the USFL.
1: Well, and I think if you look at like college baseball, that has really taken off in the South. I mean, if you look at LSU, all the players that went pro from there, I think you would have a lot of interest from college players to continue playing in the South.
0: Oh, no, I agree. I mean, you know, Dylan Cruz is now Mm -hmm. in D.C. and that's kind of it. I mean, almost everyone else isn't really there. But I mean, Dansby Swanson played at Vanderbilt, went to the Braves. Right. And Lane Thomas, who's from Knoxville, the one knockout mm-hmm. Lane Thomas being my favorite player is that he's from <laughs> Knoxville. But he's from Tennessee, mm-hmm. and he plays for the Nationals. CJ Abrams, who is from Georgia, plays for the Nationals. You've got some teams in the South, and you've got players in the South. So I think I have to agree with you there. We definitely deserve a shot. But I also know that it's going to come down to talks about, the well, what's your population look like? What's yeah. your – look like. like okay well can california really afford to keep four teams
1: uh, yeah teams it's,
0: no because the <laughs> open a's are moving
1: i was gonna say it a little nicer but you just so for it. i think with
0: this <laughs> i apologize for nothing about that <laughs> but it is what it is and everything should be fine But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We could not have grown and been as accomplished without y'all. You can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, basically on all podcast platforms. As always, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, JakeSilb14, or my personal Twitter, at Slates by Jake. You can follow Christy on Instagram, TikTok, and threads at double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore. Christy is obviously hosting a 32-team fantasy league. Right. I think we've got
1: less than 20 spots left.
0: If you want to join, spots are filling up fast. I don't know how we're going to do this Hunger Games style (laughs) or whatever because someone is going to get Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback and then they're going to get someone really random at their wide receiver. Yes. But we will just have to see how that goes. But as always, thank you so much for everything that y'all have done for us. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. We greatly appreciate everything that y'all are doing. And it's always, as always, as always, continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Bring smiles and be a light into this world. And as always, we will see and hear from y'all later. Take care.
1: Bye.